Praise the Lord, everybody. Yeah, I know. My voice is deep, too. It may not be as deep as his, but yes, it's deep, too. Believe it or not, we're not twins. We are brothers. No, I'm not the older. I am the younger. See, why are you saying all this? Because there are people that believe the opposite of everything I just said. So I made sure that I masked hold everybody so I wouldn't have to tell everybody individually later. Yes, we're brothers. He's the more anointed of the two. But it's as John the Baptist said, I'm not even fit to latch it, his shoe. Did you believe that just rhymed? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? That wasn't even on purpose. That wasn't even on purpose. Wow. What are you doing? What are you doing? You don't even realize what I'm doing. I'm getting you loose. And I'm getting you ready for what God's about to do. Yes. See, some of you, I felt when I came in that you had your walls up. But I've learned a sneaky thing about being just a little bit funny. If you can get people to laugh, it's really hard to keep your walls up and laugh at the same time. We need to be reminded tonight that it is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I want to say I give great honor to your wonderful pastor tonight, Brother Stevenson. He is a wonderful man of God. I can already tell. I watched what I could of your service from this past Wednesday, and I was very amazed at how you have church around here. And when my brother invited me to come, see, I just drove nine hours in from North Carolina yesterday. I didn't have to be here, but when he invited me, I felt so much faith in this direction that I thought I've got to be here to see what is going on in that church. I want to tell you quickly, and I want to get out of the way, because I felt God tell me just a moment ago that he's given my brother a word for this church, and I don't want to get in the way of that word, but I do want to tell you what God told me also in prayer today that I feel like I need to tell you. I want every person in this room just to look up, just look up, look up. God told me to tell you to look up because your help is coming. Your redemption is drawing nigh. What you've been looking for, what you've been asking for, and what you've been praying for, it's time to pull your head out from under the dirt. Don't stick your head into the ground like an ostrich. It's time for you to look up and remember, he said he wouldn't leave me comfortless. My help is on the way. Why don't we just begin to worship him for a moment and say, my help is on the way. My help, won't you say it for a moment? Say, my help is on the way. Say, he's coming. Say, it's on the way. Say, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we lift our voices and just shout hallelujah all across the house. 
Hallelujah, Holy Ghost. And aren't you thankful to be at church on a Monday night? You know, I, I believe the Lord's going to do something special because to come to church on a Monday night, it takes sacrifice from everybody. And the Lord responds to sacrifice. I got to sleep about 3 o'clock last night. And then on the way here, I hit traffic on a road I've never seen traffic on in my life. I hadn't even made it to the main highway yet, and it was lined up. You'd have to sit there for an hour, same as last week. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have to find a way around this. It may put me 50 minutes late, and it's already telling me it's got me 30 minutes late. So I'm trying to figure it all out. I took a detour uh, through the woods, and midway through the woods, I thought, let me see if I could just skip right back on that same road but a little bit farther down. And I did, but it said I would have got here at 7.33, and I made it at 7.10. I just told Brother Stevenson, you know you've been rolling fast when 80 feels slow. When you slow down and go 80 miles an hour, and it just feels like the trees are walking by you, you've been rolling pretty fast. And I, I don't know what it is about Louisiana, but the only three times this has ever happened to me in six and a half years was at another church in Louisiana. And then my pastor preached for Brother Thornton uh, Wednesday night. He had the same situation. He was 30 minutes late to Brother Thornton's. And they just made sure to make his vehicle do 115 miles an hour for about an hour and a half. And they started making up time. Sometimes you just got to get the spirit of Jehu on you if you want to get things done. And the bad problem is my wife has my radar detector. So I was operating off of faith. And I made it off of faith today. I'm telling you, the police was driving by me and we were just waving. And they just kept on going. So I believe that the Lord would have us here again tonight. I've been seeing the Lord do some special things in the last few days. And I believe that the Lord wants to do more of that here tonight. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord on a Monday night. Thank you. Could I quickly take your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9? I don't want to leave you standing very long. I will need your help tonight, though. I don't plan to preach very long either. But we honor Pastor Stevenson and his wife, their great family, so thankful for the leadership of your church. I'm thankful to be in a church that feels so balanced in each area. It's not often that you get into a church that really believes in holiness, that also believes in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. That don't happen a whole lot. And, you know, generally you find a church that's really strong in one area and then you know what I mean. You've been around it a long time. But to be able to come in here and to look around and just everything's balanced and flowing the way it needs to flow, that's a compliment to the leadership, but it's also a compliment to the spirit of you good people. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But 
as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Anybody love him tonight? But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him. I want to be spiritual. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Somebody say, my, my. I want to talk to you tonight, and, and before I give you my subject, I don't just pick a message and preach it, because I've never been able to do that. When I first started out preaching, I tried to do that, but I just can't operate that way. Some men have learned how to do it, but I have to preach off of a feeling, and I feel something for this church within this atmosphere. I'm telling you what I've come to preach tonight. I don't just preach it just anywhere. God has to tell me to preach it because there's a prophetic utterance that will come out at some point here tonight. And God wants to speak to you people, I believe, on an individual basis, but also as a whole. There's big, big things coming to the men and women of this church. Big things. So I want to talk to you tonight about the unseen harvest, the unseen harvest. God bless you. You can be seated. As you're seated, why don't you lift your hands? Reach out and get a hold of the Spirit, if you will. Right now, Holy Ghost, help us, Holy Ghost. Speak to my mind, Lord. I open up my spirit to you tonight. I'm trusting you, Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm trusting you, Holy Ghost. I'm believing that you're going to talk to us tonight. Somebody clap your hands to him, if you will. There is a humorous, while at the same time, very serious story. In Luke chapter 5, we see in this story a crowd of people pushing Jesus backward toward the lake Gennesaret. The Bible would show it in such a way that the people were surrounding Jesus to the point that he was running out of room to preach. Now that's something, and you've seen it. Especially in the last few years at conferences, it seems like people flood the front while the preacher's preaching, and many people call it a mosh pit, you know, around the front of the platform. That's what was going on around Jesus. The people 
had gotten so hungry for the word of the Lord that they surrounded him to the point that he began to have to step backward as he preached because he was running out of room. I'm thankful tonight that I feel like I'm in a church that's hungry for the word. I'm thankful for that tonight. And I don't want to just be hungry for the written word, but I'm also hungry for the spoken word. And at the same time, I'm not just hungry for the spoken. I'm hungry for the written. I want to be balanced. And everything that's spoken has got to be backed up by what's written. I, I judge things by if it's connected to what's written in the word or not. And if it doesn't have a direct connection to the written word, I don't want to hear nothing about it. But I've come tonight to minister to a church that's hungry for the word of God and tell you that your hunger has the ability to pull words and miracles and things out of the atmosphere that a church that's not hungry doesn't have the ability to receive. Hunger can pull your miracle into the atmosphere. Hunger can pull backsliders into the church. Hunger can pull a hundred soul revival through the back door. Hunger can pull healing into the room. Hunger pulls the gifts of the Spirit out of a preacher. I'm glad tonight to be in the crowd of a hungry people. I've said it many times and I'll say it again here tonight. Hunger can make a bad message a good message. Hunger can make a bad preacher a camp meeting preacher. But a lack of hunger can make a man that's got the ability to preach a masterpiece preach a mess. And a lack of hunger can take somebody that's been preaching 25 years and just crumple him up and throw him into the trash. But when you can get a church with one hungry man, one hungry woman, it begins to push things to places they wouldn't have went to without hunger. It's not that Jesus had to step backward. It's that their hunger was pushing them into another dimension. And what it looked like, let me talk just a minute before we move on, what it looks like is it looks like they was pressuring Jesus out of his comfort zone. But really what was going on is Jesus was using their hunger to lead them out of their comfort zone. Hunger wasn't necessarily pressuring Jesus to perform a miracle. Hunger was allowing the Lord to lead hungry people into the place that miracles happen. Oh, I'm a hungry man tonight. I hope I'm in a crowd of hungry men and women tonight. If we can get hungry, the Lord will lead us to the place that a lack of hunger never could have brought us to. Let us think about it for just a moment. They were hungry for the word. They weren't hungry for the music. 
They weren't hungry for the singing. They weren't hungry for fellowship. They weren't hungry to be a part of some big, beautiful building. They weren't hungry for sensationalism. They weren't hungry for emotionalism. They were hungry for the Word. They were hungry for something that could change them. They were hungry for something that could change the kingdom that they lived in. They were hungry for something that could change their children, change their marriages, change their circumstances. And hunger allowed the Lord to lead them into another dimension. You've got to realize tonight that in the last few months, this church has got hungry. And the reason you've been going from dimension to dimension in a way that it just feels like every weekend we're at another level. Every weekend we're in another dimension. Midweeks aren't like midweeks used to be. When I go to pray, it's different than it used to be. It is because your hunger has led you into another area that you haven't been to before. Don't stop being hungry. Don't stop being thirsty. I'm hungry for the word of the Lord. And I'm thirsty tonight for a move of the Spirit. Somebody ought to shout, I'm hungry. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the word. Their hunger for the word began to draw them to a new place. Jesus stepping back but never stopping preaching. He couldn't stop from feeding their hunger. But yet he's out of room. Ooh, he's out of room where he's at. That's where this church is about to be in the next little while. You're almost out of room. It's getting to the point, I believe, Brother Stevenson, that people's going to have to start sitting on the platform and chairs are going to have to be on the altars. Look, I was in a revival earlier this year. We had 650 people in there, and the church didn't seat but right around 400. You're supposed to build when you get about 80% capacity, they say. But the city wouldn't give them the permits and things to build. And so we started putting out chairs on the sides. The choir of about 70 people couldn't even go sit in the crowd anymore. They had to stay on the platform. All the preachers had to sit on the platform. We had chairs wrapped around the sides. We started opening up the doors. We had to put chairs on the back walls. They would, it was so tight that the ushers would have to walk through the crowd to find a seat in order for the visitor to sit down. And then the saints would have to get up one by one and step out in the aisle so that the guests could go sit down in the center where the one open spot was. I'm talking to you right now about what it's like when a church gets hungry. He ordered chairs and he, he had chairs lined up from the first row all the way to the platform, just enough room that I could step off. And, and then he had to get more pews. He ordered some pews to put on the side walls, two rows of pews put up against the walls. It got to the point... They was getting the Holy Ghost in the balcony. 
they were getting the Holy Ghost up against the wall. It's shoulder to shoulder in the balcony. It's shoulder to shoulder on the platform. It's shoulder to shoulder on the floor. And you say, well, my God, how can you retain a harvest when the building's already full? Hunger can help you retain a harvest. When you get hungry, you'll stick. When you get hungry, you'll keep praying. When you get hungry, you won't mind if you got to stand up against the wall because you stand most of the service anyway worshiping God. I've come to a church today to preach and prophesy to you that your hunger has led you into another dimension and the Lord is about to give you a special miracle. Not just miracles for individuals, but a miracle for this church. I'm telling you, you won't be in this building a whole lot longer if you'll stay hungry. Your harvest is at the back door. It's just waiting on your hunger to pull it on in. I felt like... When this good man told me you just started having Sunday mornings and we discussed the, the guest flow generally in revivals on Sunday mornings, I feel like you having that Sunday morning was just simply you letting down another barrier and another wall to let the harvest flow on into this church. Why are we having another service? You never know. It may get so big. you got to split the church up on Sunday morning and Sunday night because everybody won't fit in here at one time. I want to preach a crazy idea into this church. What would it be like to say we can only come to church 200 at a time? 200 come on Sunday morning. The other 200 come on Sunday night until we can get in our next building because everybody won't fit in here anymore. I'm hungry. My Lord, reach out to the Holy Ghost for a minute. Hallelujah. Somebody let your hunger lead you deeper. I felt like as I stepped on this platform a little bit ago that, that Pastor Stevenson evangelized seven years that there are some things that he wanted to see when he evangelized that he hadn't seen yet. And what I felt the Lord tell me is that there's things that he's still hungry to see that he didn't see when he was evangelizing because I was wanting to give it to him when he pastored. I want to tell this church, I, I hadn't talked to him about how many people prayed through in his revivals. I just know he's a man of God. And I know he can walk in the gifts of the Spirit and pray people through and preach the house down. I... I know all that stuff just from being around him just a little bit. But I'm telling you, there are harvests coming into this church. There are harvests, not just a harvest. Harvest after harvest. Let me tell you something in the Holy Ghost. I cannot say the name of the place that the Lord just spoke to me. I can tell him later, but I cannot say it online. But there is a church in this state that is not where they used to be. And they've lost out with their harvest. I've only seen this happen one other time. But I'm telling you, I see that mantle, or whatever you want to call it, of harvest, lifting off. 
and coming on over to this church. I believe this church could run a thousand people out here in the middle of the fields. I believe this church could run 1,500, 2,000. Hey, the Baptists ought to not have more than we do. The Methodists ought to not have more than we do. I'm telling you, I see it coming, my Lord. I want you to reach out until you feel it settled down. There is something moving from a church that left some old landmarks that is coming to rest on this church. It's coming because of your sacrifice. It's coming because of your hunger. The day you stop being hungry, it won't stay here. But if you'll stay hungry, it'll stay at this church until the rapture. Let me tell you, if you won't back away from your old consecrations, you won't back away from your old teachings, you won't back away from your old lifestyles of living in the church, you won't back away from your old landmarks, and you'll stay hungry, that manna will rest on this church until the Lord pulls us out of here. Oh, God wants to use this man in harvest. Ah, he felt like he wasted some of his teen years. The Lord wants to use this man in harvest and tell him, you didn't waste time. I've been getting you ready this whole time. Only God knows how to use our mistakes to get us ready for our miracle. Jesus stepping back to the edge of the deep. You hear me? Their hunger drew them to the edge of the deep. Jesus is at the edge. You can be seated if you need to. Looks around. He's had this plan the whole time. He said, Simon, I need to borrow your ship. Climbs up onto the edge of Simon Peter's ship. He's been out fishing all night long. He's toiled all night long for nothing. You ought to wave your hand if you've ever been there. He toiled all night long. He did the right thing, working to feed his family, working to reap a harvest all night long for nothing. And his point of exhaustion had him park his ship at the very place Jesus needed it to be. Jesus steps up onto Simon Peter's ship. 
And he begins to use Simon Peter's ship as a pulpit to preach to the people with. Isn't it something for the Lord to step onto the normalcy, the mundane, the regular part of someone's life and say, this is the part of your life I want to use to preach to everybody else with. Here we are thinking the Lord can only use us when everything's perfect. The Lord can only use us when we're full of energy. The Lord can only use us when we get on our suit and tie. But here's Jesus saying, I'm not just using this man just any time. I'm stepping into his life when he's exhausted. Everything stinks. He's wore out from working all night long. I'm glad tonight that Jesus is not in the business of using perfect people, but he's in the business of using imperfect people on their way to perfection. God cannot use perfect people to reach anybody because there's no area that his strength could be made perfect in their weakness. But when you let God minister through your normalcy, when you let God preach at your workplace, when you let God preach at your school, when you let him use you, when you go through Walmart, God can use the normalcy of your life to preach to the world. Use me, Jesus. Somebody shout, use me, Jesus. It's going good. He's using the normal seat of his life. Now, we know Simon Peter, don't we? He's a little carnal, at least at this point. A little bit prideful. So my mind can't help but play games. How must he have enjoyed of all the boats on the lake? Jesus picked mine. Something real special about me. I'm a big dog now. All you other fellas down there cleaning your nets, Jesus is on my boat. Watch how Jesus navigates through everything. I can only imagine that at about this moment, Simon Peter's pride came crashing down. Simon, launch out into the deep. Notice the deep was not an option. It was a commandment from the mouth of God himself manifested in the flesh. Simon, launch out into the deep. Simon said, no, wait a minute now. I was cool with you standing on the edge of this deal, preaching to everybody. It looks good for me to be that way. But if we're going to go to the deep, I'm going to have to get involved. You mean to tell me I might look foolish to this group of people? I may not look like I looked a little while ago. To go to the deep, I'm going to have to go back and do what I did all night long all over again. This whole group of people is going to think I'm out of my mind. But listen, Simon, 
before Jesus got there, before this moment in time got here, you were fishing because it was the right thing to do. Now that Jesus is here, you're fishing off of obedience to what God has told you to do. It's one thing to fish just because it's the right thing to do. It's a whole other thing to start fishing when God told you to. Let me tell you, it's one thing to just go knock doors. It's another thing to respond to the voice of God when somebody's standing beside you and you might get it right or you might miss it, but you got to step out into the deep and see if God can really keep you afloat. I want to tell you something. It's a lot easier to load up in a van and go knock doors with 20 friends than it is to respond to the voice of God when the cashier in front of you has got a hungry heart and the Lord says, her. And you say, later. And watch the games we play. Where's my card? You are a card. You are the church. Where's my card at? Man, you realize how many things they see of that? Y'all know every denomination's got a card to hand to them. They're sick of cards. They want a powerful moment. Lord says, minister to her. Talk to her. Speak to him. He's the one I want to use. Could it be that we've been walking past our harvest just because it would destroy our pride? And in the moment that we could launch into the deep for one person, that one person may be connected to 50. That person may be friends with your backslidden son and you didn't even know it. This might be the person that would pull your family in. We're waiting for a convenient moment. Lord, I fished last night. I'm done fishing for today. Don't you know I went on outreach last week? I know you did, but right now's the time. Right now's the moment. Your redemption's right here. Your revival's right here. Your harvest, your family, your building filling up, it's right here. Now's not the time for you to say, I tried to start my business last year and it flopped. Now's the time to start your business. Now's not the time to say, I got interested in giving last year and I lost my car. No, now's the time to start giving. You've got to operate off of obedience to the word of the Lord. Watch him. Simon, Simon, let down your nets. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catching. I'm going to give you something that you didn't have when you were out there on that lake all by yourself without a word from God. You're going back to the same situation but now you're going back to that situation with a word from God. It's one thing to face something by yourself. It's another thing to face something with a word from God. I'm giving somebody a word from God tonight and to tell you go fishing for your miracle again. Go fishing for your family again. 
Go, go fishing for your joy, your peace. Go fishing for what God's promised you again. The word of the Lord will back it up. His word will not return void. I'm looking at some people right now that you're so discouraged because the night has took its toll on you. Why is it that the Lord would tell him, Simon, go out and launch into the deep? It's because on that specific sea or lake or whatever, the fish at nighttime would surface. And in the daytime, the fish would go to the deep. What he was trying to say, now listen to me, what he was trying to say is, Simon, you were fishing for surface level shallow harvest when you were by yourself, not operating off of obedience to my word. But now that you're operating off of my word, I'm telling you where the fish are. They're not at the shallow end. They're not at the edge. They're not swimming up close to where they can see the sunshine. If you're going to get everything that I've promised you, you've got to go to the deep. Somebody's got to go to the deep. Listen. You're not going to get what God promised you coming to church just doing like this. You're not going to get what God promised you just nodding your head every once in a while. You're not going to get it not being able to remember the last time you danced or shouted around the aisles. You won't get it if you can't remember the last time you did outreach, the last time you had a late prayer meeting. If you can't remember the last time you prayed until your flesh was dead and your spirit was alive, you're not going to get what God promised you because it's in the deep. If you really believe in his promise, you gotta go to the deep. Listen to me. Let me talk to young people right now. You're not going to get what he's promised you sitting there watching foolish things all night. You're not going to get what he's promised you sitting there listening to things you shouldn't be listening to, watching things you shouldn't be watching, keeping up with things you shouldn't be keeping up with. Who cares what the world's doing? Who cares what those in Hollywood are doing? I've made up my mind. I'm going deeper than where I've been fishing all night long. In my dark season, I was fishing in the shallow end, but now the light of the world has showed up. I'm going to the deep end. I'm going to the deep end. But it's, a, it's a troublesome thing to be told to go deep because everybody don't go there. You might be odd. You might be weird. A football coach told me, he said, you're the great, you're the biggest waste of God-given talent I've ever seen. I'll tell you something. I've preached in buildings that had more people than that stadium. What do you mean? I'm using that to tell somebody. The things you have to leave behind that make you look odd when you finally get there. It's bigger than what you left. Simon, let down your, can you say nets? That's plural. 
That's more than one. Simon, better keep it together now, Lord. Don't you know I've been doing this longer than you? You just started fishing. I've been fishing all my life. You need to go build houses. Simon, let down your nets. Simon says, nevertheless, what is he doing? He's trying to operate. He's about to start trying to operate with partial obedience to where he can look good to the crowd and try to save face with God. I'm going to try to have the kind of religion to where I can hold on to my own will and my own pride and still get results at the same time. And so Simon said, nevertheless, Lord, I'll let down my net. The Lord said, plural, I need you to let down everything you got. I'm calling you to the deep, Simon. And the only way you'll get what's in the deep is you've got to operate under the mantle of all. All! Simon, if you're going to get everything I've got for you, it's going to take all of you. Not a little bit. Not just Sunday night. you got to give it all you got. Simon said, okay, Lord, I, I got to hold it together. I got to make it look right. Somehow I got to make it look like to this crowd I'm obeying him so I don't look like an idiot. But at the same time, I got to save face a little bit in case it all don't work out. Let me tell you what that looks like. That looks like somebody that when people grab a hold of their hands and the people around them are shouting, that person's just there stiff and won't move. That's somebody that's not giving all. It's that person that when they come to the prayer room, they spend more time looking around than they do praying because they're not giving all. You should be happy, Pastor Stevenson. At least I came to the prayer room. Yeah, you came, but your prayer didn't come with you. You got to give all. You got to give all. You got to give all. Let down his net. The Bible said when he got to the deep, he let down that net. And all of a sudden, that net had more weight in it than it did all night long. Pulls and his ship starts going down because you can't handle harvest without all. People on other boats had to come help him with his harvest because he tried to have harvest without all. I'm not interested tonight in doing all the fasting and praying for my family and them going to church somewhere else. I want them to be saved no matter what, but if I'm doing all the fasting and praying, I want them to shout with me. I want them to sit with me. I want them to pray with me. Somebody shout out. You mean to tell me that Jesus could walk on water and he could calm a storm, but he couldn't keep that boat floating? It wasn't that Jesus couldn't have made that boat float. It's that disobedience always brings you down. 
He's not given all. And I'm just of the opinion that had he gave all, he would have not needed any help with his harvest. What would it be like, brother, for God to want to bless you so much financially and the Lord get ready to settle it down on you and say, you know what, he's not giving all, so I'm going to have to spread it out to some people that don't even serve God because he can't handle all. All attracts all. There's a harvest that Simon Peter couldn't see. Had he been able to see underneath the surface, had he been able to see beyond the dimension he had been operating in for so long, he would have saw, I need to give all. I need to give all. There's no way you can tell me that he wouldn't have let down his nets and asked if he could borrow some more. Give all, Simon! I'm trying to tell this church right now in the Holy Ghost that in the unseen realm where eye hath not seen nor ear heard, but the Spirit, the Spirit is trying to let you know that it's here. I'm trying to preach to your spirit. I'm not preaching to your flesh. I'm not trying to hype you up with sensationalism. I'm trying to work my way through to your spirit because if I can get to your spirit man, your spirit man will say, my God, I see what I didn't see when I walked into church. I see what's been in the other dimension this whole time. I see what Pastor Stevenson has been preaching about. I see what the elders said has been prophesied over this church that we haven't had yet. I wonder if anybody could remember the prophecies that you've had but you haven't had yet in the church. I wonder if anybody could remember the promises that you heard but you haven't seen manifested in the church. you got to reach me on the unseen realm and you got to pull it into where you can see it. You've got to reach into that new dimension and say I'm pulling it into my world. I'm pulling it into my family. I'm pulling it into my church and it's going to take all. For as soon as for as soon as I intervailed she brought forth. She was carrying children that everybody couldn't see yet. It's kind of like this, Brother Stevenson. I can see the baby bump on this church. But I'm ready to see the baby. I can see it. It starts getting to the point. You, you know a church is pregnant when all of a sudden some people just don't get along anymore. That moodiness shows up. Pregnant with something big. I tell you, there's a baby coming to this church. This building can't rock that baby. This building does not have the ability to rock the baby that's coming to this church. We're going to try while we're in here. And God's going to pack it out with new people. But it's only going to happen. Get your finger pointed in your chest. It's only going to happen when I give all. I got to give all. I got to throw out my excuses and give all. Let me ask you a question. 
you say, my Lord, we're not in a big city. We're not in Lafayette. We're not in Monroe. We're not in New Orleans. I'm amazed at how God doesn't care about your location in the physical. He cares about your location in the spiritual. You've got the ability to expedite what God has promised you when you give all. Stand to your feet. Somebody come to this piano. I don't know how to pronounce this town, but when I drove past, my GPS said it was Wisner or whatever. I was praying. When we crossed past that Wisner, I said, my God, I just went from one dimension. It's over this area up there. And I've crossed into something else. And I looked up. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize things. I said, my God, I'm crossing into a church that's under an open heaven. God is getting ready to give you what you've been waiting on. But it's going to take all. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. Come on. Come on. Tell you. that's coming to this church you better not start putting numbers on it because you won't be able to keep up I'm telling you not just a hundred soul revivals coming hundreds 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 to the point look I, I just preached at my home church Sunday morning my brother and I were talking on the way here I said, I don't even know who all them people are. Had 10 people get the Holy Ghost Sunday morning. A broken arm was healed. Friday night at a social event in the foyer, four people got the Holy Ghost and a woman came out of a wheelchair. I got the video on my phone. Hadn't been able to stand without pain at all since 1997 because of a car wreck. I put three had got the Holy Ghost at this point. The fourth one was coming right about midnight, and then I baptized him in Jesus' name. They were laid out laughing in the Spirit and laid out in the foyer praying from 9 o'clock to 1130 at night. Come on, in the foyer, not in the altar, in the foyer. I remember a few years ago when it started. A preacher named Willie Holland came from Hammond, Louisiana. He said, a 200-man revival is coming to this church. And in 49 weeks, we prayed through 206. He said, I hear the words paid for 
He said that on Tuesday, on Sunday, we paid off $550,000. That building I told you that's going to seat 2,000, it's going to cost right about $8 million. One man in the church said, I've already got a million laid to the side. 25 years ago, he was making $20 an hour. This last year, he made $100 million. All. Hey, we in the middle of nowhere, too. We just got Dollar General. Y'all got Family Dollar. That's like an up a notch. Everybody's got Dollar General. My Lord, it's in every cotton field. We in the same kind of area y'all are. You just kind of cruising through the middle of nowhere and then, oh my Lord, there's a church here with people everywhere. 181 people in that town. The bottom floor seats 900. Okay. Sunday morning, it was shoulder to shoulder. And there was about 100 people out sick. Averaging 70 to 100 guests every Sunday in a town of 181 people. Averaging 100 guests in a town of 181 people is a pretty big deal. I'm trying to give somebody faith. I remember when that 200 soul revival started. The balcony wasn't torn out yet or anything. Now they can't even have church without the balcony. And my pastor told me, he said, we're fixing to have to put out chairs along the sides because the young people don't have enough room to sit down anymore. Listen, I'm not going to push this altar call very long, so just let me operate in what I'm feeling, okay? There's a prophetic wind trying to settle down. I feel the, the gift of faith trying to settle down on some men and women. Look, they had 206 pray through in that revival. They just had another one that ended about a month and a half ago. We, you know, we say it ended because the person preaching it left. But since the beginning of the year, they've prayed through 260 people. Plus 10 Sunday, so that's 270. Plus 4 Friday nights, so that's 274. There was a girl that prayed through Friday night. She went to a church that was Jesus' name, but wasn't nothing else. And the man used to not be that way. He got up in his pulpit Sunday a week ago and said, Everything I've told you up to this point's a lie. There's more than one God. Matter of fact, there's many gods, and it don't matter which one you pray to as long as you pray to God. She said, something ain't right about that. I think I'm going to go try Pentecost. That's what she said. I think I'm going to go try Pentecost. And a new convert texted her the next day, invited her to that event, and she came and got the Holy Ghost. She was in the prayer room Sunday morning an hour before church. Look, she's a cheerleader at the local college. Oh! Oh. 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 Oh.
You young people need to start dreaming about how big you want this youth group to be. You need to start dreaming of a youth group that this building can't hold. I'm trying to talk to you girls and you boys in the Holy Ghost right now. You need to dream of a youth group to where you're not able to be the one that gets the most attention because of your abilities anymore, but there's just too many talented people for one person to get all the attention. Close your eyes. I just want you to feel. Just feel. There's something coming to settle on this church right now. I want you to feel. There's a ministering spirit. Oh, my Lord, somebody needs to obey God. I'm telling you, tongues and interpretation wants to operate right now. Somebody needs to obey God. Somebody obey the Holy Ghost. It's starting to settle down on us. Can you feel that coming on us?
Somebody obey the Holy Ghost. Speak, Lord. Lift your hands and your voices right now. I want everybody that <clears throat> owns a business in this church to lift your hands up and make yourself a funnel. If you own a business, lift your hands and make yourself a funnel, believing the Lord's going to pour it out on you. Come on. Lift your voices all across this house right now. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody, everybody. Come on, can we just let this place roar for 30 seconds? Why don't you pray an all prayer? Come on, this church can double overnight. A healthy church is a doubling church. Come on, right now, right now, right now, right now. I want you to link up with somebody where you're at and just pray in the Holy Ghost just a moment. I want you to pray like you're giving all. Come on. Pray with somebody just for a minute or two. Right now, Lord. If you're a young person in this church, I want you to flood that altar as fast as you can just for a minute. Show the Lord you mean business. If you're a business owner, I want you to flood this thing like the windows of heaven are about to open up. Everybody else, if you will, gather around. I want the men and women of this church to dream about what God's about to do for you. Come on, come on, come on. Lift your voice right now. I give myself away. I'm giving all. 
give myself to you. Oh, Lord, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Oh, Lord, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me.
life is not my own To you I belong I give myself, I give myself to you I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me give myself away I give myself away So you Let that be your prayer. I give myself away. 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 I give myself